When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to Group Text. My guest today is truly a Renaissance woman. And you're going to know who it is as soon as I say it and you'll understand why. Clothing designer, uh, sleepwear brand designer, single mom, real housewife, and a brand new book called Chaos Theory. Welcome, Leah McSweeney. So happy to be here. And I'm just looking at your um, sign behind you, Failed at Normal, and I, I'm obsessed. Well, thank you. I, it was a gift to me, and I bet you I can probably rustle one up for you. Uh, it's amazing. Who wants to be normal anyway, right? It, exactly. I love Failed at Normal. It was, I think it was a birthday gift. So just to jump right in, because everyone who listens to this loves reality shows. How weird is it for you being a single mom of a 14 year old girl? So obviously everything you do is horribly embarrassing. Um, Horribly living out your real life on TV. So I'm really lucky. I've been blessed with a daughter who's just really um, well adjusted and grounded and open-minded and will tell me like how it is and tell me like it is, but also just be very supportive of me as well. Cause she's like understanding of who I am. And so it's been okay. It's been fine. I mean, you know, when I, I, I obviously had the conversation with her a few times I had to in the first season when I was like blackout drunk, I'm like, okay, you know, I am pretty much naked. Um, like- <laughs> Versus kind of not <laughs> naked. I I see the subtle difference. (laughs) And she was like, well, I guess that's a good thing, right? I mean, aren't you supposed to be crazy on these shows? You know, so, and then like, I'd be like, oh my God, Kiki, I had the biggest fight with so-and-so and I threw something at her and she's like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do, mom. So it's fine. Don't worry about it. I mean, she's great. She's really great, my kid. Because I used to be always horrified, especially at 14, with stuff my mom would say on TV. And then my son, who is, again, I'm so lucky, is well-adjusted and normal. There's times he, it, it, he's 21 now, so it's gone from being a cringe to an eye roll. Um, right. So I figured that's progress, but do you, does she make you, do I have to clear everything that involves him on social media before I post it? Oh, I'm not allowed to post her on social media. So She won't let Oh, yeah. Forget it. She won't even let me take a photo of her, not even for social media. I'm like, Kiki, I want to take a picture of you. When I talk to people and I want to show them a photo, I have to like scroll. They think I'm a terrible mother that I don't have photos, but she's always going like this or, or, you know, just don't take a picture. I mean, it's crazy. Well, Cooper used to intentionally close his eyes. So I have like years of photos with his eyes purposely closed. 
That's actually kind of hilarious. It is. So what made you want to write a book? Because as a reality person, your life is already out there. But you go deep in your book. I do. And I think that like, you know, I think what you see of me on Roni is just such a small, tiny little bit of who I am. And I wanted the chance to really put myself out there. But I mean, you already are out there. And like you said, it's just yeah. a tiny portion, but I mean, that's a, that's a big leap. It's, it's, I found with some of the books I've written, you feel very naked and I'm on a book tour right now. What I find fascinating is people still talk about things I said in the previous book. Oh, interesting. So interesting. You, you, when you, when you write a book like the one, like chaos theory, it's kind of there forever. It is. And there's honestly stories that I didn't put in there, you know, because I was like, mm, this is going to stay with me. Like, you know, that or you're, you're a super smart businesswoman. You're thinking of the next book. <laughs> I'm like, you put in the next book. Exactly. exactly. Um, I need to save this for part two. Yeah. But also like, you know, I, I'm, you know, for being on the show, it's like, we, I don't get to narrate my own story, right? Someone's editing everything. And not that I'm saying that the edit is like misleading or whatever, but it is what it is. Right. And we're kind of like, we, we take on a character also on the show. I mean, you know, because of my situation, because I'm like with those women, I also tend, tended to take the role of like, you know, um, I think I acted like more immature than I do in my real life because I was with women that were older and that was kind of the way they were treating me and like, whatever. So I just had to tell my story from my own mouth, you know, let's talk about real housewives a little. So how did you end up on the show? You know, it's so random. I've been seeing this facialist since I was like 19 years old. And one day I got a text message from her that said, hey, Bethany Frankel is a client of mine and she wants to know if she can give your name to the casting people of the show. I've never met Bethany. We followed each other on Instagram, but never like talked on DM or anything like that. So I was like kind of shocked, but that's how. That's crazy. I know. I know it's kind of, yeah, some universe shit, you know? Because you're first and foremost, besides being a mom, you're a businesswoman. Yes. Was your first thought like, wow, this is going to be so good for my business? Because that would be my first thought. I mean, I knew it was going to change my life in a lot of ways. Um, But yeah, I was like, this is going to be great for business. How has it changed your life? What did you expect and what did you not expect? Well, the other thing, the weird thing is obviously it aired during a global pandemic. So like my life changed in a lot of ways. Obviously everyone's life changed when we got hit with COVID, but also mine really changed because now I'm on a TV show. Right. Um, It changed. I mean, I mean, like I have a book out, you know, I'm talking to Melissa Rivers. I mean, like, you know. So you have a very low bar. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I disagree. Okay. No, so things are things are different. They're just a lot different. What's the what's the worst part about it? What's the hardest? The hardest part is definitely like not having anonymity and being scrutinized and like just harassed on social media, probably. Do you still read social media and comments? 
No, I don't. I post and then I just don't even look and yeah. That's the best thing for your mental health. Yes, because um, it, it can get gnarly and nasty. And you've been really, really open about mental health. And I'm, I'm a big mental health advocate. And we are now in Mental Health Awareness Month. Yep. Um, yeah. It's hard to talk about. But don't you think it's becoming less taboo? It is becoming less taboo, but I just feel like people still don't talk about it in like an honest way. Like people still want to put, they want to put like a bow on it and make it look pretty when it's not, it's messy. And, you know, um, I think it's hard sometimes to talk honestly about it when talking about it on social media or Instagram, because like Instagram's just not a place for authenticity a lot of times. And it's hard to like, it's like social, I mean, mental health is more than like means, you know? And I feel like that's kind of like what it is on social media, but and, I and, it's getting better. But, yes. But, and you've been very, very transparent with addiction and losing sobriety and becoming sober again. Yeah. And I have so many friends that have gone through this. How did you get your head around having to start over, you know, 10 years and then suddenly you're back at, day one, day two, and trying to hang on for that first 30-day chip. I think I know a little yeah. bit about this. You do. You do. So honestly, like, I wasn't so tied in. Like, I know some people, when they're, like, sober for so long, they can't even imagine having to start their day count over again. To me, it's like, I still had that 10 years sober, right? I still have all that life that I lived. And, like, I did so much emotional, mental growth during that time. And spiritual growth, you know, so one year of drinking, luckily I didn't, I didn't hit like a rock bottom. I mean, things were like pretty bad, but more with myself, you know? So it wasn't that hard to start counting days again. It was actually like a great thing. Cause I'm like, wow, I know where to go and what to do because I have all this reference, all this sober reference life that I lived that I know exactly what to do. There's a solution, you know, and I know what it is. So I just have to go do it again. But that's, I mean, it's got to be, I know with friends of mine, it's, it's been very tough for them the second, and unfortunately some of them third time, yeah. because they, they have a whole new set of issues to talk about, which is for them, it's disappointment in themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and that, that was a hard one because you, you feel like not only is it affecting everyone around them, but then they have to cope with, and again, this goes back to mental health dealing with different issues of disappointment. One of them said, you know, he felt like a failure mm. and it, it opened up a whole different way of looking at the world and how to judge or not judge themselves. Yeah. So like I didn't, and I never felt like a failure and I never felt disappointed in myself because I'm an alcoholic and a drug addict. Like I have a brain that is wired that way. So it's actually miraculous when I, that I, I'm not drinking today. It makes sense that I relapsed. It made sense that I drank again because I wasn't really doing the work to stay sober. And you do have to put a lot of work into it, or at least I am the kind of person that has to put work into it. And I wasn't. So I really didn't feel like a failure at all. Um, you know, I mean, I can be my own worst critic and I know I had to like, let go of any kind of negative self-talk about, you know, relapsing because um, at the end of the day, I, I also needed to do it. I needed to, like, I needed to prove to myself that I'm still an alcoholic and I really can't drink. Even when things are going great, 
I still can't drink normally. I wish a lot of people had that same attitude because it's amazing. And the amount of work it is putting into yourself to come to that place is, is really commendable, even though I hate that word. My mom used to have people come up to her in the airport all the time and ask for advice or share difficulties that they were going through with her. Is that happening to you yet? Oh yeah. That happens a lot. I mean, maybe like not like at the airport, like I'll get like, can I take a picture with you or whatever? Actually yesterday at a Broadway play, I went to someone said like, Oh, I heard you say this one thing and it's really helped me with my sobriety. And I was like, Oh my God, that's so cool. You know? So that happened last night. Um, and that was pretty awesome, but I get a lot of DMS and stuff like about, People want to ask me about like antidepressants and stuff. I'm like, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what to tell you. I only like have my own experiences, you know, but there's a lot of people suffering right now. I think everybody is dealing with mental health issues just from what we've gone through. It's made me very aware, especially during COVID of doing sort of mental health checks with my son Mm, Um, without him thinking I'm doing a mental health check, you know, because like I said, that'll get the eye roll and the... (laughs) (laughs) Um, so what do you do? How, how do you do that with your daughter? That's a good question because honestly, I've been, I was kind of thinking about that recently. Like, is she depressed? Is she anxious? Like, cause I know like I can be sometimes and I'm, you know, I, I, we talk about it openly, but then I'm like, let me, you know, check and kind of really pay attention to like how she's behaving and thank God she's okay. I mean, she's really is. I always, I mean, I deal with my own anxiety and depression issues. And I, I always say like, whenever I'm feeling sorry for myself or like having any of those issues and whatever, I'm like, I'd rather it be me than her. Oh, absolutely. Well, let's switch to something much more <laughs> light and fluffy. And we've gone into the deep end of the pool and people know I'm much happier playing in the shallow, <laughs> but I feel like we had to cause it's mental health month. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're converting to Judaism? I converted. Oh I'm my so- God. What? First of all, why? And <laughs> what was the process like? And is it because you're dating someone? <laughs> I'm not dating anyone at all. Um, the process was like a two year long process. It happened on like March, like I think in the second week of March, I converted fully. And I did it because... I, for many years, I've always like sought out spirituality in different places. And I just kept landing back at Judaism. Really? Why? Yeah. I don't know why. I just always have like throughout my life too. Like whether it was like my best friend growing up was Jewish and I was like so interested in like the traditions and the religion and the culture to like reading the red tent when I was like 20 and learning about like Jacob's wives and my name and everything to like then being 25 and working in the garment district and having business partners who were like Orthodox Jews and like having the rabbis come in and always talking to them. I just kept landing back at Judaism. And then I think when COVID hit, I was like, wow, nothing is promised. I need to like create the life I want for myself. I've always wanted to convert. I'm going to make it happen. I'm actually going to do it because I can't waste time anymore. Well, you know, we always love picking up a hot, tall blonde. So just, just throwing that out there and saying thank you for the gene pool. Um, what about your daughter? Is she Did she convert with you or are you letting her do her own thing? She's doing her own thing. And of course, like I said to my rabbi, like, is this going to be an issue? And 
He was like, you know what? We, I'd be more concerned if like your daughter was like converting and you weren't right. Because then how is she going to, who, what, you know, she doesn't have a parent who's teaching her or holding her responsible or whatever, like, you know, helping her do Shabbat. Like, how is she going to do it on her own? But since I'm converting, not my daughter, no problem. Um, are you, are you, sorry, are you doing all that? Are you doing like being like like, a good Jew? Unlike me, who's just, you know, struggling. I'm not, I'm not a great Jew. I'm struggling (laughs) like all the time, but I do strive you know, I, I mean, I try to do the best I can do. I did have, I hosted a Seder at my house for Passover. Okay. My daughter came. He, here's the big question. How long was your service? Okay. It was probably an hour. Wow. Wow. We're at 20 minutes. We're like done. I mean, it felt like three hours, but I had <laughs> like two people who were born Jewish, like helping me like leave. But my daughter came and invited her three friends who aren't Jewish and they like had a great time. I mean, I said to my daughter, didn't we have a great time during Passover? And she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> what answer did you expect? She's 14. No, right? like, I know. I know. She looked like she was having fun though. So whatever. Well, they, they don't admit it. They won't admit it. She had fun. There is a rumor that we're going to see a whole different version of Real Housewives New York. Yeah. What is, what, what, what can you tell us? What can you share? And remember, no one, just pretend that no one's going to hear this. <laughs> Do you, I mean, come on, you don't want to get me fired, right? So I can't know. But also, I don't know. I really don't. I know as much as everyone else, which is like, there's going to be two shows. One is the legacy show and one is a reboot. And I don't know what that means for me, but you know, I'm, I trust in the universe. I trust in the universe and Bravo in that order. Yeah, exactly. So what has been the thing that you've been most proud that they've shown of you on the show? And then of course, you know, the follow-up is, and what are you freaking humiliated that made it? (laughs) I'm just trying to softball into the real question. So what are you the most proud of? Yeah, I think the most proud um moment is just like you know talking about like the alcohol struggle and like being able to like talk talk about it with my mom maybe like I don't know if it was proud I'm just like happy that that oh no no no. I know what it is it was when Ramona outed me for having bipolar too and we were in Mexico and I stayed so calm when dealing with her that I was so impressed with myself and she didn't even know what to do. Like, I was just like, I'm really like, I'm really upset and sad that you talked about my mental health in such a like nasty way. And she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, Ramona. And I just stayed so calm. That was my proudest moment. Most humiliating moment. Honestly, even moments that you might think were humiliating, like getting naked and throwing tiki torches. I mean, I really like kind of thought that was a great moment. By the way, I I agree. Thank you. I agree. Anytime you can throw a tiki torch is a good day. Exactly. I mean, look, seeing myself in Rhode Island, like watching that tape before it came out, like watching that, that episode and seeing myself like do somersaults and look possessed. I mean, I really look possessed. That was definitely a weird moment for me. It wasn't my most proud moment, that's for sure. But again, it was funny. What drew you into another huge part of your life, which is uh, fashion? 
were you always a fashion girl? Were you always, a, I mean, I know you have a big influence by influence by streetwear. Yeah. Um, I've always been into fashion. Even when I was like six years old, I was very particular about what I was wearing and had specific things that I loved, like this like Barbie t-shirt that I would never take off. And I always felt like this is a way that I express myself through my clothing, you know, even though I am wearing sweatpants way too often these but days. But we all are. That's become like the sweat. Good sweats are now the new little black dress. I'm just <laughs> saying from my opinion. No, yes, it's true. It's so true. Um, but I think like just growing up in New York and being inspired by like the neighborhood I was living in and then the neighborhood I was going to school in and, you know, different like music, like Little Kim and Gwen Stefani and whatever, whoever else reading Vogue and, you know, 17 magazine. I don't know. I always loved fashion. I never thought I was going to really have a clothing line when I was older, but um, it also makes sense that I ended up doing that. What inspired you to actually take the leap and launch Married to the Mob? So when I started the brand in 2004, I was 22 and like, didn't know what the F I was doing. I was just like, knew that like all the guys in my like social circle had brands and they were traveling for free. People were flying them to like Japan and like Europe. And I wanted to travel for free. So I was like, I'm going to start my own brand and it's going to be the female perspective of this community, culture, whatever that I'm in. And it kind of took off. Were you surprised? You know, I think I was so like, um, I didn't have a chance to even think about it because I was so busy. Like I went from, you know, being kind of unemployed to like a couple years later having like a very like successful business. It normally takes businesses very long to become successful, to become well-known. And of course it was like a more of a niche, niche, um, brand. So it wasn't like mainstream, but at the same time, I did have like Fergie wearing my brand. I had little Kim Brianna wearing my brand, you know? So, but it was still not, wasn't juicy couture, you know, it wasn't like that, like, um, recognizable, but I was doing really well. And, and I was just, I was just busy. I didn't even get to really take it all in, but yeah, it was a good time. I know for me anyway, there were times that you'd find yourself and I'd find myself in work situations that I'm like, I am so over my head. And you just, for me, I would just pretend exactly what I knew what, that I knew what I was doing as yes. I was learning. And sometimes, especially with women, and I know you're very much into female empowerment, you really do have to fake it. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I didn't know what I was doing at all. Like most of the time, you know, and I just was like, I'm just going to do it anyway. And whatever. If I fuck it up, then I'll just figure it out. <laughs> no. Have you always had this positive attitude? Have you always been this, not necessarily in the moment, but the, I'm going to be okay kind of vibe because you are so inspiring. I'm sitting here going, wow. Like she just goes. Thank you. I think, I thank you so much. I, I appreciate you saying that. Um, I God, I feel like I'm so like negative sometimes and like, you know, no, there was, there was a lot of times during the the span of having the brand where I was like banging my head against the wall, like, what am I doing? I'm doing this all wrong. Why? I don't want to do this anymore. I need a different job. Like I want a regular paycheck. I don't want to own my own company. Um, so I'm not definitely not positive. All the time. <laughs> well, you fake it beautifully. 
Oh, thank you. I, you know, I was just talking about this earlier because I was listening to a podcast between like a neuroscientist and a neurosurgeon, and they were talking about how real, like scientifically proven positive thinking and positive thoughts are. And I'm like, I need to do that more often because even if you think, okay, I'm going to get a little more muscle, I'm going to get a little stronger, your muscles will get stronger by like 0.001%. But that's how powerful our thoughts are. So I'm trying to train my brain, definitely. Well, you seem to do whatever you you <laughs> d- decide you're going to do. Now your new line, happy place. I yeah. use that term all the time. Yeah, it's a good, we need to try to find our happy place and be there. <laughs> okay, what inspired it? Because I, like I said, I was looking at the website and it's a big departure from married to the mop. Exactly. It is a whole, you know, 2.0 for you. I know it is. And I think that, you know, I like to keep myself, um, busy. I like to keep myself like diversified and have doing, doing a sleepwear brand and like doing something that's so different than married to the mob in so many ways was just creatively exciting for me. What made you want to go into that world though? Because sleepwear and and loungewear, just like activewear is a brutal uh, market segment. Is it? I didn't even know that. Oh yeah. And, and cause there's so many choices and so much. Yeah. But really, I think we do stand out because our company is totally sustainable act like truly really is like the cotton is totally organic. The farmers are paid like very fair wages. The factories are solar powered, like everything. And, you know, married to the mobs probably, you know, con- contributing to pollution. So I'm, I, need to do, I, need to do, I need to do a sustainable brand to make up for it. You know what I mean? So. Give a little, get a little. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think that, you know, I decided to do this. I don't know. I just, I love wearing robes. I love being. I How love many robes do you have? I have so many that it's crazy. I honestly have so many robes. I mean, now I have every single happy place robe. There's happy place robes and blankets all over my apartment, you know? So, but I love lounging around and being comfortable. Okay. What's your favorite robe that isn't happy place? Right now it is this uh, clay color waffle knit robe, which is this beautiful, like gray, like cool gray color. And it's just hot. Did you steal, when you were, did you try and steal hotels from robes? Do you ever do that? Thinking they're not going to notice and charge you? because I know they're going to notice and then charge me $300. So hell no, but I love, take, I love taking the slippers. <laughs> <laughs> we, my mom and my dad used to take all the little minis, all the soaps yeah, and conditioners. Like yeah. And I still have like baskets of them in my house. <laughs> Cause that's how I grew up. That feels, I did not use a full bar of soap until I went to college because everything was the mini soaps. <laughs> Cause we were on the road so much. I'm like, wow, you can get a lot out of these. <laughs> Like, I have to tell you, one of my childhood memories is watching The Muppet Show and laughing so hard during the scene with your mom and Miss Piggy at Bloomingdale's or at Bergdorf's. Bergdorf's. And, Bergdorf's, and they're like, you know, powdering each other and going crazy. Oh my God. Like, I don't, that was the first time I think I actually like belly laughed, like as a kid and like, it was like hysterical. Oh, thank you. So you're turning 40. I am. Yes. What's the plan? Oh my God, you're right. I have to throw a party. Yeah. Or someone needs to throw a party for you. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. It's at the end of August. So 
Thank you for reminding me. Oh, I'm, I, I'm sure everybody always wants to be reminded when they're being turning 40. I don't care. I'm so happy to turn 40. Seriously, I don't, I have no issues about my age. I'm like, oh my God. Recently, I, I um, matched with this guy on Hinge who was like 27. And he said, should I contact you by email or beeper? Beeper? Did you start back? How old do you think I am? Yeah, referencing my age. And I'm like, dude, like, are you kidding me? This is so rude. I've never been like, you know, no one's ever come for me because of my age before, but I guess I'm getting there now. I was like so annoyed. I was like, F you, like little baby, you know, <laughs> but um, um, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I don't mind turning 40. I'm happy. I'm excited to turn 40. Um, I heard the 40s are better than 30s. Well, the 40, your 40s are your new 30s. Is what I've been told. So, okay, you just mentioned younger men. What? How's the dating life? And why are you dating children? Well, you're no, too I, smart to date someone unless it's a control thing because you know you're smarter than them. And you know, I don't like that at all. That's the. I just like the way they look. <laughs> I love that you're shallow. I, I I am. I just can't help it. Like I I like the the stability and the success and the intelligence and the wise of like, you know, the man that's in his fifties or like in his forties. I mean, I know, but a lot of them are idiots too, but, but they're, like, idiot. they're all idiots like no matter the way, what the age. I don't like the way they look at all. <laughs> and so wait, do people know you when you're dating on like a hinge or a bumble? This guy on hinge wrote, he wrote, Oh my God, why are you on here? Like you're on Roni. Is it, has it come to this? It must be really bad. <laughs> like, what does he think I'm going to go on? I want to date a normal guy if I'm going to date anyone. And I honestly, I don't even really care to date. Like a few of the guys who are, you know, maybe one is like 52, one's a little older than that. And they're trying to think, like, be like, when can we actually go out? And I'm just like, I don't know. I just don't feel the I don't, I don't just, I'm not feeling it. I don't know. I'm and busy with myself. Well, you're doing amazing things. I always hate to ask this from someone like you because the list is long as it should be. What is next? What's, what's, what's up on the docket? Oh, let's think. Um, I, I think maybe I'm going to start like another brand. And what, would that be another collaboration? Cause you've done so many collaborations and what lane would it be? I think I want to do women's wear still, but in a totally different genre than streetwear. But like, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I don't want to like be too specific because I don't exactly know yet, mm-hmm. but I think I want to do that. Um, I think I want to turn chaos theory into a musical or something. Really? Why not? Or a movie. I, I'm so into theater and I'm so into like plays and musicals. I mean, wouldn't it be cool to have a whole like songs about being on drugs and then getting sober? And I just want to see that. Like, I want to, I want to see that, you know? So that's just me speaking it out into the universe and we'll see what happens. But um, with your track record, you'll probably make it happen. (laughs) Thank you, Melissa. (laughs) What's the best show you've seen this year? Give people some recommendations. Oh, I just finished watching Pieces of Her with Tony Collette that I loved. And I love Tony Collette so much. Great. It's on Netflix, I think. Yeah. And then, of course, Yellow Jackets, which I was, like, obsessed with, which you can watch on Showtime. 
Um, and what plays? If people are going to go to New York, what should they buy a ticket to? Uh, I saw Phantom of the Opera not long ago. I'd never seen it before. Really? I had never seen it. No. It's and spectacular. It was- it's visually and the music. I mean, you sit there with oh. your mouth open. You know, the, the music and then the chandelier. Oh my God, so cool. I love that. And I just saw POTUS last night with um, Rachel Dratch and uh, Vanessa Williams. That was really good too. It was kind of like a farce with the people running around and the stage turning and it was great. It was so great. Well, it is such a pleasure to meet you. Everybody needs to get Chaos Theory now. Go Thanks. check out Happy Place. Check out Married to the Mob. Place your orders. I wish I could give you a code, but I can't. So too bad. Pay full price. Leah McSweeney, thank you so much. Thank you, Melissa. Really appreciate it. A Huda Media Production.